Tony Dix Alcatillo here, Fantasy Firebox episode 27, joined as always by Jason Sullivan, Dan Green, Mr. John Coker, cannot make it tonight. And first things first, let me just throw the elephant in the room out there uh, for a couple things. Number one, uh, you guys on a personal level, everybody knows I've been dealing with some COVID issues inside the family, continues to get worse day by day. So I apologize. I'm here, there, you know, I'm everywhere. So yesterday we decided not to do the show uh, only because honestly, I wasn't with it. Uh, I, I really didn't feel like doing it. And I just had a lot of other things on my mind. But that being said, this is my outlet. Uh, so, you know, I talked to Dan earlier, who was going to host a show for his first time for me, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, and I was willing to go ahead. And my wife kind of was like, no, you need to go do this. It's your outlet. Go get it out of your system. I'm like, all right, you know what? Good. And after five minutes, I already felt at home. So first things first. Also, my dumbass decided that I'm going to at 1 a.m. in the morning clean up our Twitter account for at Heat Ratio Sports. And I clicked the wrong thing and put in the wrong birth date, which I thought was a joint date, and get locked out. So as of right now, Twitter account's locked out. They tell me in 72 hours we'll get it back. I don't know. If not, by Monday, we'll have a new one. All is well. Uh, you know, there's worse things in the world. But I'm going to go right to Dan, and I'm still going to let Dan run this show. Because Dan had come up with a tremendous uh, a list of, of topics and conversation points. And I, I really appreciate everything. Listen, I, I'm going to say this. You know, we debuted. Jason was part of it. Brand new show on Monday. Fairway to heaven. I got nothing but rave reviews from it. Uh, this thing is growing. Appreciate everybody's support. Uh, we're still six out of seven days. Show every night. And content with that. You're not just going to see a show every day. You're also going to see content on the page, on the YouTube page, on the Twitter page when it gets reconnected or a new one, uh, but everywhere. Get to know our personalities. Give us support. We'll get back to you. Let's make this a family. But, Dan, I'm going to go right to you. What's up, my man? How are you? I'm doing fine. I mean, I you know, it's, I feel like, uh, as many know, I'm a, I'm a teacher, and now I feel like my principal's observing me right now. So it's, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got all this pressure on my shoulders, but now all kidding aside, listen, I, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad your wife pushed you to do it um, because this show is not the same without you. But I'll be happy to uh, talk a little more tonight. Gives me practice for Thursdays anyway. Well, so, you know what? Listen, Jason, I don't think he has a problem with that, by the way. Talking <laughs> a little more? No way. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good with it. Uh, no. Yeah, like, like Dan said, just to echo him, uh, prayers for your family. Definitely. Um, we're always here for you, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I need I, I need this from time to time. Let me tell you, definitely need this. All right. Well, well, Jason, as as Tony referenced, I, I thought your show on Monday was terrific. Uh, it was. It's called Fairway to Heaven. If anyone missed Tony's intro, uh, you and Phil were tremendous. So, first off, how was your week, and uh, how did you feel your show went? First off, the show, uh, it was a lot of fun. We, we both, our passion is golf when it comes to DFS, so we, we had a great time doing it. We stumbled a few times. It'll get better, I promise. Um, we didn't really prep too much before, but we'll do that going forward more. And uh, 
it's it's definitely a lot of fun. And last week's DFS was it's kind of a mixed bag for me. It was kind of a rough week in some spots, but then other lineups hit. Um, some games that I thought were going to hit didn't, so it was kind of a bummer. But yeah, it's kind of a break-even week. What about you? That was going to be my first question to both of you: was <clears> how <throat> how the uh, divisional round went for you? And it's funny on my DraftKings entries, I, I broke even. I put six lineups in. I covered I covered my entry fees. Um, my fantasy playoff league that I'm doing that I've referenced is a kind of a suicide per week where you can't use the players ever again. I went from third place to like bottom tier quickly. Cause I, you know, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Chubb, Godwin, they all killed me. So that's how my uh, divisional weekend went with my DFS and fantasy tone. How did you do? You know what? I didn't do too bad. I kind of broke even as well. Uh, I had a lot of good, uh, a lot of good play on our lineup that we put in. Uh, I didn't, didn't win a lot of money. Uh, kind of broke even, uh, but the lineup that we put up here with DraftKings was was actually my best scoring lineup. And uh, one guy th- didn't our didn't Harris go out early in that game too? Yes, uh, we had. Um, I'm trying to pull it up now to make sure. But we had Brady as our quarterback. Uh, who listen? I, you know, he he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. Yeah, uh, right. You know, I mean, for everybody that picked Lamar Jackson, guess what? Didn't work too well. We had uh, Hollywood Brown, who did well. The Rams defense didn't didn't do great for us. No, uh, minus one. You know, we, we should have picked the Browns. The Browns yeah. defense went off, right? Uh, you know, but we. But here's the thing. You know, we didn't have anybody. We. Th- wait, wait, I don't know if you guys realize this. I didn't realize that I was working, but we didn't have anybody it, 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 from the Browns or the Chiefs in our lineup. Like you know, our lineup where was no Browns, no Chiefs. Uh, so well, it was that's because quick. that's because John altered things on the fly if you recall we kind of were planning to have that scenario and then he just started plugging things in and we went on it and then we're then we then, then we started building around finances versus players on teams yeah remember yeah so that's all right it was it was still a blast and, and, and i'd like to maybe potentially do that tonight but jason's going to be john he's typing it in not not me or you Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like there you it. go I like it. so jason i wanted to ask you real fast and you kind of alluded to it a little bit you you referenced um doing try and even quad stacks for the playoffs. Can you uh, elaborate uh, on how that went for you and the late lineup adjustment idea you referenced as well? Yeah, definitely two huge points. Um, As far as the uh, try or quad stacks, so it worked huge for me the week before, probably my best week of the season, actually definitely my best week of the season. I used the Tampa Bay stack. So I came back and I got a little greedy and I tried to use the exact same stack again, Brady, I had Brady, Gronk, Brown, and Evans. Well, like you said, they were all okay. I think they scored like – all the receivers scored like 10 points or so. Nobody blew up. That was the biggest problem. I had an okay week with that lineup. Um, my other lineup, I went with a little bit of Lamar Jackson at the last second. I kind of did something I don't like to do, and I kind of panicked. And instead of like going on my week's research, at the last second I kind of came up and was like, oh, my God, I need to get some of this Bills-Ravens uh, game. I thought everybody was going to go Buffalo – so I try to go the flip side of it. It was kind of mixed results for the most part, um, like I said. But I had good pieces, but I just couldn't piece together the perfect lineup. So I would still recommend that, especially this week. The lineups are going to – there's going to be a lot of duplicate lineups. You're going to want to do something to differentiate yourself. And obviously there's only four teams to choose from. So, yeah, that's right. going to be interesting. It's definitely not going to be easy. No, but it, it the pros and cons to it are replication is going to be an issue. 
what the pros are. It's like, how can, how can you miss? How can you miss? There's, there's, you know, there's only so many, you know, no one's going to be playing Darwin Thompson. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, right. they're going to go with certain obvious guys. The key is, do you go Fournette? Do you go Jones? And we'll talk about that later, I guess. You know what, so, too, last week? It wasn't the worst week to not play the Chiefs. We got, I mean, if you did, if you happened to fade the Chiefs, you got kind of lucky because Mahomes got hurt. I mean, I don't know if he's going to, he's, I'm, I would assume he's going to play this week, but we got kind of lucky with Mahomes only scoring 21 points. It kind of bailed everybody out that didn't play him. No, you're you're absolutely right. Oh, man, did you see when he when he got picked up, man? He was like that was he like was, for, for all you Philadelphia fans, that was like yeah. a Louis Adehas moment right there. He was cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, you ain't lying. He was doing the uh, <laughs> he was doing the baby draft walk. Yes, yeah. You, you you instantly knew he wasn't coming out yeah. of that camp. No. And then he was and just looking the, straight up in the air. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. And a funny thing is, if this was in the middle of the season, do you really think he'd be playing next week? No. I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost thinking to a point where they might even be bending the rules a little bit because they got to get that guy in the lineup just to survive. And yeah. I, I hope that's not the case because oh. there's nothing more important than your health. But he did not look right, and I can't see a speedy recovery happening overnight. But we'll see. I don't know if Something you heard to keep it. an eye out. Well, I don't know if you heard it, but uh, what what Colin Cowherd was was talking about? They should postpone the game. Oh, you right. Know? Um, come on, man! Like <laughs> yeah. that, no, that, that that can't happen, Dan. You're right. If you want to bend the rules as a team, listen. We'll look the other way, but you you can't give the other say. Oh well, we don't want to give the other team an advance. Like no, that's right. that's just as bad as cheating, man. Come on, you can't do that. Yeah, you'll get. You'll well, get he also Dan, had- I was going to say you got Denver on the phone really fast. You really <laughs> helped us out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, he also had a toe injury too. I don't know if you guys saw that. He kind of yeah, dinged yeah. up his foot in the first half. They said he might have turf toe, which is pretty Ooh, painful yeah. from what I hear. So yeah, that's, you don't want that's, that. That's either. a bad injury. No, it is, and that's that's what Antonio Gibson was suffering through, and his his uh, value started plummeting, and you could just tell he wasn't the same. He had no explosion. They said he's still in concussion protocol with limited practice today. Yeah, I have I have no doubt, but I still think somehow he's going to step on the field and play. Yeah, I, I I think he does. I, I think he does. Like, I you know, I Adam, I you know, I read the same thing. I like practice. They called it. There's no. He's a gamer. There's no way he's not playing. And and I'll be honest with you. Even if he plays, we don't even know what capacity he's going to play in. Right? You could see Chad Henney play some snaps, and they do some wildcats. You know what I mean? So they they have options, especially with Tyreek Hill. That's true. Um. They, and and listen, it, a subtle thing like what Henny did in fourth down, if he has to play, maybe that skyrocketed his confidence. Um, he's a, he's been around for fourteen years, I believe. Isn't that what they said, Jason? Wow. Yeah, it's so, crazy. Fourteen, yeah, Chad Henny. How so, did he I mean, If he plays smart, I'm sure. I'm sure he's an intelligent guy, and like I said, greed will put him in a position to succeed if that is indeed the case, but. My gut tells me uh, Mahomes will play. Yeah, me too. You know what? Too, so he was set up. He was set up perfectly. I'm not sure who said. I think I'm not. I can't remember if it was Romo or who said it during the game. But they kept saying the same point that he played. Had he started week 17, and that actually probably really helped because it had only been two weeks prior that he actually got game action for the first time in a really long time. So you know, him playing a game might have definitely helped because he probably wasn't so nervous and was a little bit more poised back there. That's he made some point. big plays too. So. No, he did. He did. So, Tone, 
it's it's almost uh, apropos that you're wearing the hat you're wearing because <laughs> my next my next little question is it's it's obviously out there that Philip Rivers is officially retiring. Uh, I think we could all hang our hats on the fact that Breeze is going to hang it up too, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So you've got two legendary quarterbacks retiring, and you've got a whole new crop of college quarterbacks that are probably going to be drafted high from Lawrence to Fields to Wilson to Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Trask. What are your thoughts on the, the old going out, the new coming in, and next year's fantasy implications as a result? It's going to be an interesting offseason, to say the least. Um, for, first, for the, 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 the old going out, Phil Rivers, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, we used to get in discussions about Phil Rivers versus Eli Manning all the time. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a shame because Phil Rivers obviously had the better numbers, but Eli's got the rings, right? So when you talk about Hall of Fame, let, let's, you know, except for guys like Dan Marino, who never had a ring and got in, you know, and ultimately you, you get that ring, you're a sure bet. But I, I think Rivers definitely is in that conversation. I, I can't see him not being in the Hall of Fame, to be honest with you. I think the standards have, have lowered a little bit. Uh, but, it, you know, looking at it from a fantasy perspective, uh, you know, Phillip Rivers, it's a shame because I know you guys were playing fantasy just as long as me, and Phillip Rivers was always my my favorite 10th-round pick. I mean, he was the guy you could wait on, right? Old man Phil, you, you knew you were good. You, you didn't have to waste that that pick on the, the the almighty Michael Vick or Dante Culpepper or you know or Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. You knew you had that stash in Philip Rivers. And in the last couple of years, he just wasn't that guy anymore. You could tell his arm strength was down. But I seen a good quote today, and I I I, I got to remember who it was from. Forget what what player it was from. It might have been a I can't. It was a linebacker. But anyway, he said that he had so much respect for Phil Rivers because Phil Rivers actually under center and pointed to yeah. – did you see that? It pointed yeah. to told him, yeah, you're, you're in the wrong position for that blitz. That's how intelligent Phil Rivers was. And so that you just don't pick that slack. Trey Lawrence is just going to come in and have that. You know, right? Josh Fields isn't just going to have that. Uh, but, I, but I will tell you is I think Phil Rivers is going to make a tremendous coach one day. Uh, I don't know if he'll be a head coach, but because he's got to coach his kids first. Right, well, yeah, he, he's, he's going to be like uh, Josh McCown, get paid yeah. as an emergency quarterback coach a Little League, right? Uh, but, <laughs> but not to get long-winded, what I will say is I'm very excited because I think – I know we're going to talk NBA later, but when you see the, the, the amount of young talent inside the NBA from a fantasy perspective, you're starting to see that at, in the quarterback position from the NFL perspective. I mean, poor Joe Barrow gets hurt. I mean, you, you, he he was having a fantastic year. And, and, you're, and you know, the, the future with Mahomes and Josh Allen and, and Joe Barrow, rest, you know, restfully he comes back. Herbert. Yeah, right. Rest in peace, Joe Burrow. Right, I almost said it again. I, I, you know what I mean? I said again, but, rehab yeah. in peace. Rehab in peace. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Rehab in <laughs> peace. But yeah, it, it's it's going to be exciting for sure. And I, I'm intrigued about Trey Lawrence only because, listen, it's Jacksonville. Uh, you know, and it's going to be his team. There's, there's no competition. Uh, he's going to be just like Joe Burrow, thrown into the fire. So it's going to be interesting for fancy. Think of, you know what? I, I, I save this. Um, 
for a show a while ago. And of course I don't have the tab up anywhere, but Jacksonville has nice wide receivers, a they nice do. group of young wide receivers, Chanel Cole, um, who am I Chark, missing? DJ Chark. 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 And is Westbrook coming back? Even Mike Connolly is a nice, right. nice fourth down receiver. He's a big target. Right. And so they they they've got some talent for the for the kids. So, you know, obviously line play is important and obviously coaching is important, but he has weapons, unlike some quarterbacks that walk into a uh, you know a, a team that's at the uh, that are bottom feeders. Well, at so, least there's no more Doug Marone. That's true. Doug Moran. No, hey, yeah, exactly. You know what, exactly. too, about Jacksonville? Jacksonville also has, I think it's like $92 million in cap space, something crazy. Mm. So they have room to, I mean, they got to make their defense better, obviously. But like you said, they have the receivers. They're going to have the quarterback. They got a good coach. Good James, young running back. James Robinson. Yeah, James Robinson's a good running back. So they just got to build the lines and, and go from there. But yeah, I think kind of just to, I know you didn't ask me, but I'm going to. Give my two cents. Uh, first of all, it was J.J. Watt that said that quote about Philip Rivers today. There you uh, go. Thank you, Twitter. Jason. He was saying that, go. too. And he's like, and he's like, you know what the funniest part was is that he was right about it. Yeah. Not, he wasn't. Which Smart. I think makes him a great coach one day. I think I read today yep. that he's going to coach uh, high school football or something next year in Alabama. So, yeah, I think if he's a Hall of Famer or not, I agree with you. I think he probably will be because they've lowered the expectations a little bit. Yep. But I thought you brought up a, a great point with comparing him to Eli. If you take Eli's two Super Bowls away, is he a Hall of Famer? Because I don't think so. No. I mean, no. He was a, to me, he was a slightly above average quarterback, and I think Phillip Rivers was slightly better than Eli. So he, he Eli had some god-awful years. Oh. I mean, god-awful. We're, more interceptions and touchdowns. Um, even, even, his, even his wonderful throw to Mario Manningham in the second Super Bowl, it was a chuck and duck. Yeah. He threw it and did his typical chuck and duck in fear, and he just put it on the money. I guess he mastered that technique. I, I, I'm not an Eli fan. It's not, it has nothing to do with that, that he's a giant. I just – because I'm a Peyton Manning fan. I just do not like Eli Manning as a quarterback. I think Rivers is far more the superior quarterback. And Ben's yeah. in that is class he, too. The three of them came in together. And at one point before Eli retired, their stats were almost spot on. Like they were all around 60,000 yards together. They were all around 250 touchdowns, whatever the number was. They were all on top of each other. But the eye test told me um, that Rivers was better than Eli. Andre. Andre, what's up, buddy? Yeah, on the back of the hat, it says it does say eleven, Andre. Yeah, I'm I, I'm sure. not unveiling the eleven. I'm not unveiling it yet. So real quick, you know what, Jason. Too? I'm sorry. sorry go ahead, can I make one more point about Eli? Uh, so he he was also blessed with something Philip Rivers wasn't blessed with that awesome defense. Remember how good that defense was, especially yeah. the first oh. year they won the Super Bowl. I mean, Emmanuel Strahan, yeah, Tuck. If you ever yeah. had a D line like that, I think it would have been a lot Oof. different. And I think it's going to be an interesting transition next year, going from. The older guys, you know, Breeze, I think he's obviously done too, um, and and Rivers and guys like that. It's it's kind of strange if you think about it now that it's just assumed that when you get drafted high, you're going to start. It used to be like you got drafted, maybe you started. Even Matt Stafford, he he came to a Lions team that was 0-16, and they battled to the last day of training camp, him and Dante Culpepper, to see who was going to start. And now it's like you know Lawrence is going to start next year. Fields is probably going to start next year. Wilson might start next year. Lance probably not, but I mean, you have at least three guys that are just pretty much shoe ins to start, which is kind of strange. Well, building on that, and I'm sure you will agree with me. I was having this conversation with my co-host Vance Crew on my hockey show. Vance is definitely a four for four guy, and we were talking about Mac Jones, 
I'm not a Mac Jones fan or a Trask fan. I just I don't think they have NFL arms. But visualize Mac Jones going to the Saints under Peyton. He would be successful, very serviceable right off the jump. Now, if he goes to, and I don't mean to break stones here, if he went to Detroit, for example, he would probably be the next Brandon Whedon. Cool. Do you know? You know what I mean? That's yep. that's how important yep. to me coaching is in the right system. Um, and I, I I can't see a quarterback failing under Sean Payton. No, I I, I agree. Your opinions? Yeah. No, I I completely agree. Coaching means everything, and you know to piggyback on, on what Jason said and kind of bring in your conversation, Dan. What I will say is now over. I would say maybe the last three years. You've seen more than ever rookie production inside the NFL from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, because remember, we would be picking guys in the 15th to 16th rounds, a late round flyer. Now, all of a sudden, rookies, especially running backs and wide receivers, are going in the top three rounds. Uh, and and that, again, you know, they're more NFL ready, but also we have to remember that the NFL has kind of turned more into the college game and a spread offenses, right? They wanted that. They, you know, they, the pass interference calls that you can't even touch a guy anymore. So, yeah. right, you know, that's what they wanted. They wanted mm-hmm. points and they got them. Uh, so, yeah, listen, I, I mean, the one thing. You know, I will say is, Dan, you're, you're absolutely right. You're, these guys are expected to start. Uh, and then when they're on bad teams, the funny thing is, it's a throwing league. So from a fantasy perspective, these guys are just going to be slinging the rock, man. Like, if you're in a two-quarterback league, you absolutely are targeting a guy like Lawrence because you know he's going to be behind all the time and he's going to be throwing a lot. So, yeah, it's it, it's a good point. Yes, it's true. So a fun segment we had last week that I really had a blast with was when we um, on the fly built a lineup that you referred to that was one of your better lineups. So obviously the pool is slim to four teams. Um, I don't think we can come up with a player per team anymore. So Uh, here's my proposal, gentlemen. Let's just build the best lineup we can based on the salary cap. You got four? Yeah, man. I didn't give any he- didn't give any heads up. We're just gonna Jason's gonna pull up a we're using Jason's uh checkbook tonight. He's gonna pull up a lineup on uh DraftKings, a blank lineup, and then he's gonna plug and play. So Tone, as commissioner of this fine Ooh. program, we'll let you start it off. What position do you want to go with in our DFS DraftKings lineup? I know this isn't going to be popular one, but when does Jigsaw ever go with popularity, right? When does he ever go with popularity? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm starting off and I'm taking Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. I'm I know a lot of people are going to say, well, look what happened in the first time Tampa Bay played Aaron Rodgers and, and they shut up. Listen, all you need to do is go back and watch that game and don't even watch him throw the ball. Watch one play in particular where he faked the throw and ran the ball into the end zone, something that we haven't seen in years. Aaron Rodgers is locked in. He has found the fountain of youth, and he is not taking no for an answer. If you watch him on the sidelines, that guy is focused. And I'll tell you what, if you look at the other quarterbacks, Josh Allen, love him. But I don't know. Big spotlight, right? How is he going to react? Didn't have a great game, but I still think the Bills are going to win, but don't know what he's going to do production-wise. Tom Brady, uh, listen, is the GOAT. I get it. But 
I think this is the time Aaron Rodgers goes over top of him. And Mahomes, we just don't know health protocols, how he's going to be based on the the concussion injury. So I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you went with him, Jason. I'll uh, let you I, go next. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, so you basically just made my decision for me. Um, if you put Aaron Rodgers in, I'm putting Devontae Adams in. Yeah, I think there's no way. I think there's no way to not. I mean, he proves week in and week out. Last week he had a tough matchup. He is so much better than anyone that covers him that I just feel like you have to go with him. And to kind of piggyback on your Aaron Rodgers comment, that was also in Tampa. I feel like Green Bay in, you know, what is it going to be, January 23rd or whatever it is, 24th, that is a whole different story than playing in Tampa in September. It's going to be cold. Tampa's not used to the cold. It's going to be miserable. I mean, there might be snow. Yeah, I love Rodgers. The way he's going right now, I love Rodgers against anybody. So I love that. Love going Devontae Adams with him. I like now that. It's, I've you guys know me. I, I I have my line. I have a lot of lineups already made up. Uh, <laughs> no no, no I'm, not, I'm not lying. The, 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 <laughs> I have each quarterback. I, I, I have four lineups, each quarterback in the lineup. And I like my Aaron Rodgers lineup. So I had I have Rodgers and you got to go Adams. I think I have Adams in every lineup. Um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to play off of Jason's uh, theory, which I, I don't think is outrageous. I'm going to I'm going to stack Aaron Jones as my running back in that group. Ooh, look at that. We're going. I love that. Back. Well, and I love that, too, because if you look at the slate, he is by far the best running back on the slate. It's not even there's no contest. So yes. I love that. I do, I back like to you, Tone. I do like that a lot. Wow. Um, I'm trying to, you know, listen, I'm looking at the money and I, 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 you know, I know we can only build so much with so many, but you know, you know, I, I'll look at the, I'll look at the tight end position and honestly, I, you know, as much as I say, I, I, I go against the grain here. It's hard for me not to take Travis Kelsey. And I and I listen, I understand that I it, it kind of makes it sound hypocritical because I said, listen, who knows how Patrick Mahomes is going to be? But what he did again, I mean, the guy is an, an eight for one ten in a touchdown machine. And he's going up against Buffalo, who one thing Buffalo doesn't do good on defense is cover the tight end. They have issues. Matt Milano, athletic linebacker. Tremaine Edwards, athletic linebacker, but they're very good against the run, not great against the pass. They're actually 28 to 29th, I think, against fantasy tight ends in DFS. So I am all over Travis Kelsey, and I know he's $8,000, but I think he's very much worth it. So do you guys want to plug in the defense right now just to kind of give us what we have? So pretty much right at this point right now, we have 4,200 per player, so I feel like we should plug in the defense. Ironically, the cheapest defense is – what? Are the Bucks the lowest this week? The Bucks are the lowest, which isn't bad necessarily. A lot of people I've seen – I think it's like four or five times people have done that where they play the defense and the stack that they went in the same game and won the Millionaire Maker. So I don't hate it, to be honest with you, especially 2,700. Yes, I like that. Or we can go Buffalo. I don't like Buffalo. Yeah, nah, let's really go. The, the, you know how Tony and I feel about defense. Cheapest. Okay. Yeah. Put the Jets so we'll in. Plug that in. Sorry. Yeah. So that leaves us. That leaves us with forty five hundred per position. So we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to find some value here. So uh, I'm gonna go with. He burned me last week, but I'm gonna go with Cole Beasley. Oh, I okay. like that pick. Forty-one hundred, so he'd save some money. Yeah, I like that. I like right. that. Yeah, he, like he that because too. I'll tell you what he. Th- this is going to be th- this is 
this is turning out to be a Cole Beasley game, man. I, I really feel that way. I, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna put a lot of focus on Stephon Diggs, and I I think I think Tyron Matthew is going to be roaming around Stephon Diggs all over the top all day long. So I think Beasley's going to own the middle of the field. All right. Yeah, so what not to mention th- the fact that so a lot of people it's like a recency bias type of thing too. So it's a lot of people are going to see oh he was you know he had two targets last week which is nothing. Oh. He didn't catch either one of them. Oh, he burned me for sure. I think I had him in like four lineups, so he burned me. So a lot of people won't go back to him. But at forty one hundred, sign me up for that. He was hob- he was hobbling last week, so maybe this. Hopefully, he's limited to practice and he's resting that leg because he he didn't he didn't look right on the field to me. So hopefully, he can you know gut through it if he's indeed you know in a lot of pain. But that's great value. So how we how we feeling about Daryl Williams at running back? It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick at all. Forty eight hundred. So let's put Daryl Williams in there. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Ceh. I know he's still questionable. I know it's early, um, but yeah. If I mean, I I I like that pick. Cool, cool. So we're looking at a wide receiver and a flex. We have forty seven hundred dollars per player left. So tone your pick, bud. It's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, Like you know. Ah oh, man, yeah. For some reason, I get these gut feelings, right? So I know you're going to say I, I, I'm looking at this Tampa game, and I I just think this is Antonio Brown spotlight. I do. I you know I for forty seven hundred dollars for Antonio Brown. You know I listen. Mike Evans is the red zone guy. He's the go to guy for Tom Brady. But I'll tell you what. You know I think. Gronk has been exposed a little bit as the season goes on. He's starting to wear down. That's why Cameron Brait has been a really good tight end the last couple of weeks. But but Antonio Brown is really starting to exert, you know exert himself because Godwin's had some drops the last couple of weeks as well. So you know Tom Brady when you get on his bad side, you know he's just going to be looking. At, and I think this is the spotlight that they want to show Antonio Brown is back. So I'm going to go Antonio Brown. Love it. My only Love question that with that is. He tweaked his knee in that game and did not return. And the reports I've been reading is that he's not he hasn't practiced yet this week. Yeah, so he was that as of today he was a, a non participant in practice. Okay. Right, uh, but it it says that they reveal no major damage. So again, this is obviously right. Wednesday. So if he doesn't play. Well, then we, we make an adjustment, but I'm just going to base it on that he is playing and and, and, and use, it, use it smartly, too, for everybody that's listening. I yeah, mean, you know, if you have to take him out, take him out, put somebody else in. All right, so what are we left with, Jay? So we're left with – hold on, let me put Brown in there here real quick. So we have 4,700 for the flex spot. So I have a pick, and I want to, let you, I want to see what you guys think of this one um, since we're doing it together. So I think we should – stack even more with Rodgers. So I like Alan Lazard at 4,200. And I think, so he's he's a little dinged up too. If he doesn't play, I think we just switch. We put in uh, Valdez Scantling in that yes. spot. Yeah, it I, leaves I, a little I, bit of money on the table, differentiates a little bit too, but I think we start with Lazard and then and then see what happens. It's funny. I'm, I'm so with you because my last pick, I was going to go MVS because yeah. I, I, I just, I something about tells me that I know you got Winfield back there running around, but I, I just think they're going to focus so much on Devontae Adams that these other guys are going to be very productive. So we can go MVS right now even if you want to. I'm, I'm cool with that too. What Real do you think? Fast. Uh, well, 
it's funny in my lineup. He, I, I want to I want to tell you my lineup. I, yeah. I, not to. I have Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Darrell Williams, Devontae Adams. I squeezed Tyreek Hill and Diggs in my lineup. Jeez. I went Robert Tanya at tight end. Okay. I have Gabriel Davis at flex, and I have the Buccaneers defense. That's the, listen, and 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 that's see, and that's why I say sometimes, and that's the the tight end factor. It's yep, you know, right. do you you know you can do you <clears throat> do you go eight grand for Kelsey, or do you know instead do you go Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs and then lower the standard for Tanya? So I I, I mean yeah, I, I I I like both theories to be honest with you. Um, I do. For some reason, though, my own gut feels that this is going to be a number two receiver week for certain teams. And I just think even though Stephon Diggs has been the best NFL wide receiver uh, for the entire season, it, it has been him by numbers. I think this week he he struggles just a little bit. Uh, I, I do. I think he struggles a little bit. And I think this is busy week. But I like that lineup, too. No, well, he, here here is my thinking. and. Again, this is what you told John last week. You gotta, you gotta tinker with it, right? Yep. Absolutely. So here's where, here's where my tinkering mentality comes into play. You make, you make Tanya in your flex, and then you free up more room in the Beasley slot at wide receiver. Thoughts okay. on that? Listen, Tanya. Maybe you could afford John Brown now instead of Beasley. Tanya's great value. Okay, thirty six hundred dollars for Tanyan is to me is, is is great value. No, you know he's obviously touchdown dependent. You know he he's you know Jay, the thing with Travis Kelsey is he can oh, get to ten catches yeah. without touchdown, and he's not touchdown right. dependent, right? So I think that's the biggest issue. You know, if you do go with that theory, then you have to make sure the other two guys you put in are non touchdown dependent as well, because you need those PPR numbers. Nope, I got you. So the only thing I was thinking is if in in my in the scenario that I developed for my team, okay, I got Hill and Diggs and Tanya, yes, and you got Kelsey and Beasley and and Valdez Scanlon. Which which three sounds better? I I like your three better. Right, I, I'm not. You know, I, I'm just saying that's why I, that's why you have to tinker. Yeah, honestly, I do. I I, I, I like it better. Right? You know, so here's what I suggest. I I, I say we just we, we play both lineups. Do both, yeah. Do well. <laughs> right? Honestly. I, I know Dan Dan's doing like twenty, but uh <laughs> I love it. But now we'll 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 put them out we'll have A or B and then what we'll do is we'll do A or B and then we'll you know we'll throw it off for, for vote. We'll t- give everybody our two lineups, A or B, see who likes what better. We're gonna play both of them anyway and see what one works out best. Yeah, we'll put it on Twitter tonight. Yeah, yeah, hope yeah, hopefully right. I yeah. <laughs> It'll be on our personal accounts if I can. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the other one unlocked by Monday. Put so, it that way. I have a I have a question about your lineup. So how much does that leave on the table? Does it leave anything on the table? I had I had two hundred dollars remaining. Uh, do you mind. fear do you fear it being duplicated? That's my only question. Because I specifically this week, especially like leaving some money on the table to differentiate well, myself. I, I the only duplication I think is gonna be from the people watching our show. Um <laughs> Thousands, that's thousands and thousands of people, though. So, no, I mean, no, but seriously, I mean, it, how many people would have been able to squeeze in Adams, Hill, and Diggs into their lineup, right? And then make the configurations, maybe, maybe plenty. 
Um, I, yeah, I mean that. That's why you tinker with things. I mean, I, you know, because I'm going to talk that, about that later when we we switch over to NBA. That's how I was able to get a big four in my lineup tonight instead of a big three, just by tinkering. Um, and that's what you have to do. See where that money lies. No, so but the bottom line is, I, I like what we did. I I just happened to have played around a little earlier, so my mind was a little jaded. But no, we we put a get we put a nice lineup together. And and I believe um, I, I missed uh, one of the um, messages. Someone played our lineup last week, and they said they did very well. That was so, uh, that was Rich, Rich Drummond, Rich. That's buddy checking in. Rich yeah, said he played it. Yeah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, if you if you like what you heard, and you you heard my lineup, so you heard the A and B, so play both, play combination of um, the two. And, uh, you know, hopefully next week we'll have all positive things to say about both lineups. So, Dan, before we go, what was – um? because I'm, I'm doing some snapshots of the lineups right now. So, uh, what, what was you? your – are you doing, Jason? Oh, go ahead. I just did, the, I just did ours and then uh, Dan can – Yeah, you know what, Dan? Yeah, we'll, we'll just – I'll just have Dan send me his. That's all. All right. All right. I'll, I'll send it to you later. That works. Okie dokie. All right. Let me see what. All right. I guess, I, I guess perhaps we should segue to our next fantasy sport of a little NBA action. Let's roll. So we, I guess, I guess the first thing we should talk about is we, we've been doing a Friday league. Um, we're two weeks in and we've got this dominant force in the league. Some guy named DG. R E E N thirteen fifty five. That's really doing really well in the league. Um, came in third two weeks ago, and I think he came in first last week. Um, yeah, I, I I came in fifth last week. I'm, I'm playing around everyone. That happens to be me. Um, I came in <laughs> I came in third two weeks ago and first <clears throat> last week. And the reason I bring this up, and I'm and I'm and I'm not, I'm not trying to be cute. I am not Mr. NBA. <laughs> I'm not. Tony is Mr. NBA. No. Yeah. Al. I try. I'm, I'm not Mr. NBA, NBA yet. <laughs> and I think I'm sure Andre and Al are in that league, and I'm right now kicking some tush. But let me tell you something. Don't look at my NBA analyst league because I I've been <laughs> averaging. I my experts like I'm like 14th, so I gotta yeah I gotta play it right. You know what I mean? I'm trying though. Having a rough beginning. That's all I gotta say. Rough beginning. So I don't know if Tony, if you have the ability to. You know, the results are inconsequential. The point, the, the reason I'm bringing up our league is with DFS, and I've learned so much since joining E-Ratio Sports. I was primarily a football guy, and, and I do hockey. Um, Jason's always done golf. But I've dabbled with basketball. But I've learned so much just by watching um, Tony's shows before I got involved. And now I have a strategy and I'm not Mr. Basketball. It's, it's all about the research. It's all about the trends. It's all about staying on top of the injury situations. And I, I literally um, put together a lineup based on uh, that. That Timberwolves game was canceled on us uh, last week. I forgot who they were playing. Uh, that game was canceled. And I had, um, uh, I forgot who I had in my lineup, but I, I had to pull someone out of my lineup and then I had to switch things around. And 
so my, my point is I was going to, this segment was going to be, how do you really attack and build your DFS basketball lineup with me? It's a little bit of the eye test, a lot of research and like five to 10 game trends in a player. And if by chance you've got like a Dwayne Bacon is the only shooting guard available to play on the team. You plug him in yeah. a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, Cole Anthony was the only option. You plug him in. Um, I took a flyer last week on on uh, 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 what's his last name is Walker. Look, two, two last names it was Alexander Walker. You you mean Kobe Kobe Kobe? Oh, oh, no, Alexander Walker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexander yeah. Walker. Again, yeah. his team was shorthanded. He was going to get a lot, of, a lot of minutes. So the Walkers and the Bacons of the world last week were very low value, and they were good plays because their team had COVID issues and were shorthanded. So that's the kind of stuff you just have to stay on top of, and that's why I've been successful in the short time that I've been doing it is because of and, – and, and Tony's theory of having an inside guy and an outside guy on the same team, I follow that as well. So I'm learning lessons – but I'm also, if, if Jason and, and Tony know me well enough to know that I'm like, I'm, I'm type A concrete sequential. Anal? I really do my research. and Say anal? I'm <laughs> more uh, engineering term for anal, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I turn switches off a lot, on an awful lot too. But anyway, so yeah, I, that that's my spiel. Alexander Walker, correct. Oh, good. Richard, you're a genius. Now. So Jason, let me hear your let me hear your method of building a DFS lineup. Not the ones you've been entering of late, of course, but just in general. First off, I just want to throw this out there as a disclaimer. Craig Hill, chill 1976. I'm seeing him tomorrow for the first time in like a month at work. So uh, you guys are all going down this week because I'm going to pick his brain all day tomorrow. Even though he wants to talk about work, I'm going to talk about DFS the entire time. So I like it. I like you guys it. are all in trouble. Anyways, no, um, my for I, I stick to, I think the most important thing is something you touched on already is injury news. That yeah. is, I think, the by far the most important thing in NBA. You need to find two, three guys in your lineup that, you know, so-and-so that gets decent minutes, but now the starter's out. He's going to be the starter tonight. That, like New Orleans a couple weeks ago was a great situation like that. Uh, Lonzo Ball was out, and so was Bledsoe. So you had a situation where you were playing two backups, and two or three games in a row, they both hit. So I think value is by far the most important thing. I think that's the way to go 100%. And then how you build your lineup is kind of – there's a lot of different ways to go, but I've also been using Tony's strategy this week too of doing a, a guard and then a big from the same team. And I think that I've been more successful in the past week than I have been in a long time. And so I kind of tinker a little bit in NBA. I'm not as confident in NBA as I am in other sports in my lineup building. So I kind of, I, I throw different strategies out. I'll try to do the, you know, the small and a big from the same team. I try to do almost like a stars and scrubs. Like I find a lot of value and then I try to hit on some, you know, superstars and try to get four guys in my lineup. And I've kind of come to the realization that if you can get one superstar, maybe two in your lineup and then kind of build the mid range guys in your lineup, I feel like I have a lot of success doing that um, instead of trying to reach for guys and hoping that all the big guys hit big. And Tone, I, I, I'd like to build on what Jason said and ask you a question. Because again, we kid about you know our, our, our standings, but Tony really is the expert on this. I, I'm also, I think my lineup last week almost did not have the inside player and the, out, and the outside player because I was so cognizant of the injury 
factor and how that could benefit me that I almost said, okay, the value of the players that are going to get minutes outweigh the inside outside scenario. But the other thing that I'm starting to really analyze is when you get a player that you're almost guaranteed to blow out the other team, it's killing your lineup. So I'm almost trying to pick players on crappy teams that are going to stay in the lineup in the garbage time. Tone, am I right? Is it, thoughts yeah. on that? No, big time. I mean, I, I was one of my bullet points written down because. Sorry. The thing, no, no. You're, I'm glad you touched on because it reminded me because I have something else written down. I was piggybacking off of Jason too. So one of the guys was Paul George a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I forget who they played, but the game was a blowout. I paid 9000 for Paul George. He got me like 20 points because he only played like 25 minutes. Uh, and that's the bad part. So, you know, you, you, there are so many COVID and health is number one. But I, but but I will tell you what number two is, is back to backs. And I think you, you really have to be careful because I learned this. Uh, you, you guys know I do a lot of work for for Fox Sports, a gambler. I do a lot of their, fa- you know, I am their fancy guy, uh, but I do segments every single day and I pick guys out, low value guys. I'm like, they, they call me like the king of low value, right? I, I try, but Jalen Bronson was a guy I, I was building up for a couple of weeks. And the reason why is because of the back to backs, because even though Luka Doncic plays on that team, guess what? When they play back-to-backs, Lucas minutes drop from 38 to 35. Okay, those three extra minutes on Jalen Brunson's clock at one point per minute is three extra points. If you times that by two, that's six. That just turned Jalen Brunson from a 13-point player to a 22-point player for $3,100. So these are the kind of things because I'm telling you there's a reason why People win these contests. They look at these things. They don't just pick players. Look, you know, it's a big deal. It's Philadelphia 76ers, same thing. Joel Embiid, we talked about it on Heat Ratio Live, where Joel Embiid, I think, is going to be rested during games instead of taking nights off, which means be careful of the back-to-back. Joel is is $10,000. He only only played 22 minutes. So you have to. So Dwight Howard at thirty five hundred plays those extra ten minutes. He's the better value. So I think that's another thing that I look at all the time. You have to be very cognizant of. That's actually an amazing point. Really, <laughs> I'm like taking notes to <laughs> everything you just said. <laughs> you know what? That's it brilliant. A lot. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, tonight one of my guys was Dwayne Bacon. Uh, you know, he thirty six hundred dollars. Well, guess what? If you look at the line, the way it was constructed tonight, he's going to play us some extra minutes. He's a low value guy tonight. I, you know, to, to go back to what Jason was saying uh, when we talk about you know formulating against superstars, I was able to get four guys for me the first time ever, big four in my life. Now, will it work? I don't know, but I was able to get Sabonis. Jeremy Grant, Oladipo, and Paul George, all my lineup. But that's because I took guys like Dunn, or, 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 or I'm sorry, like Nunn from Miami as my point guard, guys like Wiseman as my center from Golden State. Okay, but I'm just looking at at a facet of if I could get four superstars and they each give me those 40 or 50 points, like I can tell you right now, Kendrick Nunn already, he he only cost me $4,000. He has 15 points and they've only played one quarter. He's already given me my ROI. So, again, and and here's the other thing. Sorry to get long-winded, but I I think of these things on the fly. Also look at, I'll give you a perfect example, Nunn. 
he gives you 15 points in a, in a, in one quarter. That makes up for the fact that if you did spend $10,000 on a guy like Sabonis and maybe has a little bit of off night or he doesn't get garbage time in a blowout, then Kendrick Nunn, he, he basically picked up that slack. So it's, it's kind of like a fail-safe method as well. Yeah, it's... People as long as you pick the right guy. That's right. doesn't always work. You just got to pick the right guy. I mean, I, I, that my lineup last week, which, I, and again, I won, but it wasn't it wasn't a strong week for anyone. Uh, it was just because I think the previous week I had 30 more points and I came in third place. I actually, it, we just talked about with fantasy, um, the football angle, I, I tinkered and I screwed myself. Even though I wound up winning, oh, I had I had Bacon and Dort in my lineup, and I pulled them out for Alexander Walker and Marcus Morris, who had significantly less points combined. And if I had left Dort and Bacon in the lineup, I would have probably exceeded the 300 mark because I think Dort went off like 45 points or something like that yeah. on Friday. Yeah, but anyway – what, don't listen to me. Listen, what Tony just said was gospel for yes. crying out loud. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. it's exactly. like I'm I'm driving a Pinto. He's he's a Rolls Royce right here. All Let right. me tell you, all, all, all I know is I'm sending a nasty grain to Austin Rivers because he's the only <laughs> reason why I finished fifth on Friday night. Damn it, Austin Rivers, he blew on Friday. I don't know what he was doing, but he won't play, man. He killed me. And it's funny. Getting back to Jason's boss, because I follow him because the, the past two weeks we've been like on top of each other with in the standings. Yep. I think he had Drummond and still lost. He did. That's that's yeah, hard to did. do. So rub that in his nose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, how do you lose with a guy that had 79 points? Or what, what was that what, what his total was, Tone? Yeah. Yeah. 279. Uh, All right, oh, so oh, no, no Drummond, yeah, he was set, yeah, 70, individually. Yeah. 79. I'm real. Yeah, and, and it's funny. It, it, both Jason and I well, it's it's not Jason Center anymore. It used to be, but you know, I was never a big Drummond fan. You're right, garbage garbage means a lot, yeah. Um yeah. and 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 Jason wasn't an Embiid fan, and both of them are rocking the fantasy world this year. Oof. So but again, fantasy doesn't always equate to the ball player you need on your team. It it equates to money and uh statistics. Another right, thing, real fast, Dan. Sure, 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 sure. Off, but it, it's in my head, and we're talking about you know how important it is. You know, <laughs> look at the James Harden trade, and it, looking from the Brooklyn standpoint. So I'll be honest with you tonight. Kyrie came back. I did not. I would have normally KD or Harden or both are a fixture of my lineup. I stayed away from all three just because I want to see how it plays out. But the other night, you had a guy like DeAndre Jordan. Who was only he was forty three hundred. If you knew that Jared Allen was traded, and you knew that all of a sudden, just by accident, he was going to definitely be worth that kind of money. You know what I mean? Dwight Howard, when Joel Embiid went out, scored forty points. He was only a forty three hundred dollar player. So you have to look at it's there. Trust me, people, the money is there, but you just have to do a little work at it, and you'll get it. I promise. And a little, if you follow us. Yeah. Ask us these questions. We will get back to you. I mean, l- listen to the man. Reach out to the man and you will get. We live for this, man. Invaluable we knowledge. We love it. All right. We I'll, love it. Staying on this topic to, to some extent, I, I'm going to bring up guys that 
we've all heard, I, Tony, you've mentioned these guys, how they've done well for you. But when I play them, they shit the bed for me. Crap, <laughs> crap the bed. Sorry. That, uh, That's all might good, be watching. Man. I'm just kidding. Well, and there are guys that I've been fortunate when I play them, they have always done well for me. So that I'm, I'm going to give you three guys on each side of the coin. The guys that just do not do well for me that I'm bad luck for them, apparently, is Cam Reddish, Joe Harris, and Gary Trent Jr. I can never Ooh. do well with them. I don't, and I, I've heard you've done well. The guys that I've been lucky with, and this is before he became a superstar, was Jeremy Grant. Brandon Clark has always done well for me, and Jordan Clark, Clarkson. Those guys have done – those have been my value guys that I've plugged in and have done pretty good with. So those are my six, three on each side of the coin. Jason, who are the guys that just rub you the wrong way and do that that are on your dead list and and that you'll always play? <laughs> well, so there's two of them. So I to start the year, I play Rand, uh, Julius Randle pretty much every single day when I play DFS. So to start the year, every single time I played him, he blew up. I, I loved him. He was my favorite play. Well, the last two times I've played, I've been the cooler for him. So uh, he, he's had the old snowflake twice in a row when I've played him. So that kills you. When, when a guy that's almost yeah, $10,000 misses, yep. yeah, it kills you. <laughs> and the other one. This is I'm gonna blame you guys for this one because you got me on the Embiid train last week, and I was all about Joel Embiid. Well, so Thursday night came, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play Embiid in my lineup. 17 points he scored. So if you guys ever are going against somebody that you know has a superstar on their team, let me know who that superstar is, and I can put him in my lineup, and I'll probably cool him down a little bit. So that's perfect for you guys. Well, um, the, yeah, real fast, because um, I'll lose it. And tone. <laughs> Tone and I live in Philly, as, as a lot of the viewers do, and and we've got Carson once as our quarterback, and we've got Ben Simmons as our point guard. They're essentially the same person, but you know, killing us in different sports, you know, with 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 their divaness or whatever you want to call it. But even though I I, I I've been ripped thousand, I, I Ben's triple doubles drive me crazy because. I, and I came up with the, I'm the ruler of all sports. If your triple doubles don't add up to 36 points or more, they don't count because I'm so sick of yep. his triple doubles, but it helps with, it helps with uh, DFS. Would you agree tone? Oh, absolutely. Definitely helps with, listen, you can be DFS superstar. It's all good. That doesn't mean you can play. And that's basketball. what he, that, that, that's what he is. So that's that he, he, he is a steady Freddie in DFS, Ben Simmons. Yeah. But he is. He, he but he is. But he frustrates the hottie in, in regular basketball. Well, all right. What's sorry, the, Jay. Well, well, what's the old saying go? He fills a stat sheet up, right? Yeah. He does. The Bobby Abreu of basketball. Yes. I like that. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like uh, Draymond Green a couple years ago, with, with, kind of when he was in his prime with his defense. It was like, you know, he'd score 10 points, but he'd put up 13, 14 boards. Eight assists, couple blocks, couple steals. It's like that's what you that's what you need. He's he's one of those guys that like he's probably better in DFS than he is in real basketball. And that's kind of how I feel about Ben Simmons too. Um, yeah. As far as my plays that I love, Jeremy Grant has been my favorite one this year. Um, he is on. It's kind of goes off Dan's point a little bit of playing good players on bad teams. Like he is, he's not a superstar, but he's a star, and he's on a team that is god awful. They're probably the worst team in basketball. <laughs> so he, it seems like he puts up a career high almost every single game that they play. So. Love him uh, to go along with Dan. What Dan said as well, uh, Clarkson. I love him too. It's like he's just consistent. He's never gonna he's never gonna blow you out of the water. He's not gonna score fifty, but he's always in that thirty point range. So I love playing him too. And then, as much as I hate this guy from a basketball standpoint, Andre Drummond. It's just like 
Ooh. He, with the amount of rebounds and blocks he gets, he's almost a staple. And it kind of seems like, I don't know if it's because of the team he's on or, you know, nobody really thinks of the Cavaliers, but he's always seems like he's a little bit underpriced. And he definitely was last Friday. And I feel like when he's underpriced like that, you got to take advantage of him in your lineups. Yeah, definitely. I agree. All right. All right, Mr. Commissioner. <laughs> Yo, my kill is small, man. My kill is small. Here's and, I, and I'm only going to go through, but I'm going to tell you why. It's because this is different from football. In football, you know, the the amount of good players is a lot less than it is in basketball. And if you don't produce for me, I'm putting you out. Like Lamelo Ball, <laughs> get lost. Okay, I put you in a lineup one time. You shit the bed, you're out. Never again. Julius Randle, I'm with you, Jason. Goodbye. See you later. Not starting them again. I don't care. I'll find somebody else. I'll find somebody else, okay? It's just the way it's going to work. Uh, Austin Rivers, forget it. He, he's already been in the garbage stomp. Forget it. He, the one time, it's all again. Terry Rozier, another guy. Couple games, good games. I put him in, shit's the bet, he's out. Okay, now, the guys that I like, okay, I really like. Another very underpriced. Clint Capella, can you give yes. the guy some love? Yes. I, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, he's never been higher than 7,500. Actually, tonight he was 7,600. But he's legitimately scoring 30, 40, 50, almost 60 points in DraftKings. How do you not put this guy as a fixture in your lineup? He's got to be in there. Another guy, the last two games, and this is the Victor Oladipo effect. How about Doug McBuckets? Doug McDermott out there in Indiana. He's getting more clock, 25, 30, 32 minutes a game. He's scoring 30-plus. It's a tremendous value for 4,700. You can't go wrong. I mean, I love I love James Weissman. He's another guy for Golden State. They're not a great team. They're an average team. He's never hired in 46, 4,700, and he consistently gives you 20 to 30. I mean, th- these are guys that I-, I love and are fixtures in my lineup. Brandon Clark, you mentioned he was another guy. He seems to be always in that $5,000 range, and he's really good. Uh, you know, but for locks, I've said it, you know, you mentioned Jay, Jeremy Grant. I, you know, I just did. He was my warrior today for the gambler, uh, for my vignette for fantasy. I love Jeremy Grant. Never thought he would have been the top point producer for Detroit this year, but he is. Uh, you know, another guy to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on. You know, Kristaps right now. It, you know, in Dallas, I know he's he's just getting his legs back with him, right? Uh, you know, eventually he's going to start to take over with Luke and, and, and form that tandem out there. Uh, last guy we'll mention. I feel like Dan mentioning all these names, but yeah, you're uh, staying the whole NBA. <laughs> but at Chris Middleton, uh, and, and I've never been a Middleton guy. And if my son's going to watch his back, he knows, you know, dad, you said Middleton was trash. And, and I always mess around with him, right, all the time because I'm like, Chris Middleton does not for me. I'll tell you what, he's consistent this year. Very, very, he's earning a paycheck. Uh, you know, so when when you can't get those guys like the Bradley Beals or the Hardens in your lineup, you take maybe about $1,500 difference, you grab Chris Middleton. He's giving you 40 every night. So really, really got to put in your lineup. I guess I guess my final question is, if I'm, I'm trying to pretend that I'm a viewer that wants to ask you a question. What is the most, of all the things we tied in, would you say that the most important things would be, obviously watching the injury, would it be almost guaranteeing minutes? Like um, you almost have to target the bad teams. Like, like I, I, I wrote down your list. And other than Chris Middleton, you, you name players on five hundred or below ball clubs. 
So is that almost like a subconscious thing, if not conscious thing, that you now have to almost target when making your lineup, target bad uh, bad teams that have decent players? It's so tough. It is. It's so tough. Jason, I mean, what are you doing? All right, let me ask you this question. If you have the superstar and one of them, you're, one of them's Harden, and Brooklyn's probably going to win most games, right? And um, and and I don't know. I just Brandon Ingram or something. It's tough. You try it, to get your it, value. It, well, you know what it is. It's two sides of the spectrum, right? So it's like, okay, I want to get a guy on a bad team, but if they get beat up and they get locked up, the dude's not even getting garbage points because they're just going to put a towel over his head. He's going to sit on the corner and watch his, you know, number two guy there perform because they're down twenty five, right? So it, it's so much different than football in a sense that. You know, garbage time in football has always been huge because they don't take guys out except for maybe the quarterback. Michael Thomas is still going to be playing if they're, you know, if they're down 25 and he's going to get that weak touchdown. DJ Chark is going to get that weak touchdown. You know, so it's a little different in NBA, I would say, uh, but it's a good point. It's a good thing to look at. I just I don't hang my hat on it all the time. All right. well, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I think it kind of goes back and forth a little bit. I feel like. For NBA, I feel like you almost need to look at the matchup more than other sports. I know football, you're going to look at the matchup a little bit. If the Chiefs are playing, say, the Jets or somebody like that, that's really bad. They're probably going to put up a lot of points. But chances are, if they put up a lot of points, Patrick Mahomes is going to put up a lot of points too. Basketball is different. You you brought up Paul George earlier today. Um, yep. It's the same with it's the same with a lot of players. It, it, you know, if Brooklyn's winning by 25 points, they're taking Harden out. They're taking Durant out. And so I don't know. I, I kind of look at the matchups, I think, more so than anything else, just because I want a game that's going to be relatively close. High scoring is important, yes, but I want a game that the team's not going to get blown out and the team's probably not going to blow out the other team as well. And to kind of touch base on Brooklyn, I know we, I forget if, if Tony or Dan brought it up, but that's a team that for me right now is a stay away because I think exactly what Tony said earlier about Kyrie coming back. It's like two, I think it was two days ago, Harden had 63 points in fantasy. Yeah. Awesome. I, I was I was actually kind of surprised by it because I didn't think he would get that much usage. But now you have Kyrie back and you have three of the top like six guys in the NBA in terms of usage on the same team. So how's that going to play out when they're all, you know, they, say they play in a close game in the, in the fourth quarter, who's going to get the usage? Who's going to get the touches? Who's the offense going to be going through? It's kind of hard to tell at this point. So it's kind of scary to, to play any of those guys at this point. No, I'm with you 100%. I, I completely agree. And, and just so you know, Jason, you got me looking at my lineup now, and and you mentioned Snowflake, and my boy Sabonis has got me a big, fat Snowflake right now. So I, so he might be the next one on the kill list. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yep. He, he's coming yeah, but, but none's yeah. balancing it out, right? No, yo, let me tell you something. Kendrick Nunn tonight, 25 fantasy points right now, and they still have six minutes to go in the second quarter. He costs $4,000. That's the kind of value that you have to find, and it's there. And if again, real quick, another hint on that, open the guy's, open his bio up. Look at the, don't look at what his 10 game average is. You have to stop looking at that. You have to look at the last couple games, realize the scenarios, look what his salary was compared to what he was doing. And also don't just look at the minutes, look at his attempts. That's one thing I always look at. I want a guy who's going to shoot a lot. It, you know, a guy might've scored 40 points, but he only might've shot 10 times, but he went to the line 10 times. I want a guy who's going to shoot 15 times because at least that gives me more opportunity for production. So look at those things as well. Well, gentlemen, that, that's my my topics. My script has come to an end. 
But viewers, if if you didn't hear anything tonight, I hope you heard how to build lineups because we did it in football. We did it in basketball. Jason's got a tremendous show every Monday. Fairway to heaven. Love because that. Because of him, I've started, Tone, I've, I've got a thousand golf lineups now, Tone. I love it. I love so it. Uh, well, give or take. So, right. uh, so now, so I have a show on Thursday called Flyer and Ice. I do DF hockey lineups. So there's there's so much that Heat Ratio Sports is bringing to the table. Tone, I'll let you wrap it up from here. But well, I want to well, thank well, you for giving me the opportunity, Tone. Yeah, dude, a- absolutely. But before we go, we got a quick question: that Clippers versus Kings thoughts. And obviously, talking about players tonight, West Coast game. Um, going to be a late game. I, 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 you know, this is a back-to-back game, and I don't mean for both teams. This is a, a double back. So they just played the Kings. Uh, you know, they just played against each other. They're playing each other again, kind of like what Boston and Philly are going to do. Uh, I love Paul George tonight. Uh, I, I'm honest with you, and I, I, I like Fox. Harrison Barnes. Uh, you know, I, I Harrison Barnes, I think, has been a really good value this year that a lot of people are forgetting about. But uh, I, I do like those two guys. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Paul George, for me, stands out in that game 100%. Um, I, just, I just feel like he's getting – I don't know if his confidence is building this year or he's getting more he's, – he's kind of become the man, I feel like, for the Clippers a little bit this year. He's putting up a lot of stats in a lot of categories. So I like Paul George. I like building my lap around Paul George pretty much always if he's in the if he's on the slate. So I agree no, with you. No, I think that's, that's, that's great advice. And if you want to go on the other end, if you want to maybe – Get a reasonable flex player, may or center, maybe Rashawn Holmes, another guy for the Sacramento. Yeah, he he, he yeah. puts up decent numbers every week, and uh, B- Buddy Buddy Hield puts up nice numbers too, and he's not outrageously priced. And nah. my one of my favorite players in the entire NBA is De'Aaron Fox. Yep. So he puts up monster numbers. He just put up monster numbers the other night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Monster game, and and there's a team. We and that's a about- game like tonight. They're going to be, you know. Yep. No, you're right. And we talked about good teams, bad teams, right? This is exactly. a perfect example. This is a bad team with a usual. We just seen Holmes, Fox, Heald, Barnes. I mean, Barnes is averaging 17 for the year. Uh, you know, he he's a sneaky. All, and all four of those guys, uh, if Fox is getting high, but besides that, most of those guys are pretty reasonable in value. So experiment with the bad team lineup strategy and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Rich, before we go, Rich says uh, he has his lineup made up. Have been my last. See, he already got Barnes in his lineup. Uh, good. I love it, man. And and there you go for your golf. You just start watching golf and, and now NHL. Love it, guys. So Thank you, um, Richard. But to, to piggyback on, on what Dan said, I, you know, obviously on air, I thank him. Does a tremendous job. That This team that we've assembled here uh, all together, big, big things coming up. I promise you that. Uh, you know, as you see, I, I like to hear when people are actually following our feedback and it works because if it didn't work, we look like a bunch of goons. Uh, but sometimes, hey, listen, we're not perfect, right? And we're, we're, listen, we're very, you know, it's very easy to make mistakes. Uh, but I will tell you uh, one thing for sure we will not be afraid to face our, you know, our mistakes. That's for sure. Uh, but as always, a fair way to have it, Jason. I love the name. I don't know if that was between you and Phil or who, but you got that tremendous name. I love it. I do. Thank you. I, thank you. No, that yeah. shows. That shows fun. And honestly, I I love the other sports. I'm not gonna lie. I sit here and I love every sport. I'm not gonna. I'll play any sport I can. I'll play. I love DS, DFS. I love the competition. But golf, I got into like four or five years ago, and I didn't even really watch golf more than a casual fan. And my buddy told me about 
you know, DraftKings and DFS, and I started playing it. And now it's my favorite DFS sport. It's probably the most variable sport in terms of like Dustin Johnson can come out and miss a cut in any given week and, you, and your whole lineup is screwed. But I put a lot of research into it. We put a lot of time into it. That shows early in the week. So you can follow both of us to uh, give updated plays as the week goes on. Obviously, it's just like any sport where it's like you have your first thoughts and then as the week goes on, you might switch it a little bit. But yeah, I'm pumped for it. We, we want to know. Just remember too, like in DFS, is don't get down on yourself. DFS is hard. In any sport, it's hard. You're gonna have you could have five weeks in a row where you absolutely you know bleep the bed and you have a terrible lineup. But all it takes is one or two huge weeks that can pay for your entire year. And that's yeah. what like a couple of weeks ago I had a, a week like that in football where I had struggled for maybe four weeks in a row and then boom I hit one week and all of a sudden I'm in the green for the season again. So it it doesn't take much and just be patient. Believe in your process and do the same thing every week. That's my thing in any sport. Oh, Dan. Gonna, he used yeah. our word, Dan. He used the Trust film the word. Trust the process. <laughs> um, and I'm going to quiz my panelists for DFS hockey. What's the first thing you do? Goalie. Goalie. Build around the goalie. See that? And stack from two to three teams. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I remember the goalie. I, didn't, I remember the stack. No, no. But the goalie is the most important thing. But 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 you know I will say I would say both of you guys because I'm gonna be honest because it's a perfect format for this because I'm not a hockey guy and I'm not a golf guy now but here's the thing and this is and, and this is it's like a backdoor compliment I'm being honest where um I I'm not a hockey guy but I literally not only because I, I I'm helping produce the show but when I listen to you and Vance talk I take it and then when I start watching the NHL tonight or I start watching I'm like. Oh damn, dude! I, I I know who that guy is now. Like you know, it opens me up to different things. Golf. I was the typical. I got into golf because of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods brought me to the golf. I, I used to laugh, and and and, and Jason liked this. I'm going to throw some big nod names out there, but I remember when you know God rest his soul, my uncle Jimmy died long many many years ago, but he was a golfer, and we would go over to barbecues. And on Sundays, he lived in Jersey, nice big house, nice big pool. And all the guys would be sitting in there. I was probably like 12. They're watching golf. I'm looking at guys like Payne Stewart and Chichi Rodriguez, <laughs> right? And, and Ernie Els. I'm going, look at these nerds. I don't want to watch this. This dude's wearing, look at this dude's pants. Like, I, I, this is the boringest sport in the world. And then Tiger came, you know, as I got older. And I, I had so many memories of Tiger and Phil, Tiger and Phil, Tiger and Phil. But that opened me up. To, to golf and then I kind of fell off and then listening the other night to Phil and Jason talk about names that I would they were vague to me but they they kind of enhanced what they meant now I'm excited to watch listen I don't even care if it's the Honda open I'm in I'm watching <laughs> right so you know and it's great and I I, I think that's if, if Rich Texas says Freddie Couples another you know another great guy right Freddie, back yeah listen, right well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring I'm gonna challenge my old heads out there uh oh I know I look younger than these two guys, but I'm not. I I, I was a I was a I was a teenager during the Greg Norman years, and that Ooh, was my Tiger Woods. Greg Norman was an aggressive golfer and involved. Yep. He was in every tournament. He pissed away a lot of tournaments, uh, especially the majors. Um, but he was the guy that got me into golf. I I have a Greg Norman putter that I still have in my bag. So my love of golf is right up there with Jason's, but it started a little bit longer hey no no john daly references what's up with that Uh, yeah i remember he i remember i I remember i was when he won the pga i was interning with the redskins in 91 (laughs) 
You know what, too, about golf, too? I, like I said, I was the casual golf fan, kind of like you, Tony. Like, I would watch the majors. I would watch if Tiger played, if, if Phil was in contention or whatever like that. But I was never the guy that would watch the Honda Open or some, like, you know, bogus exactly. tournament on the weekends. But when you're playing DFS and you happen to have three guys in the top 10 or 15, and if you get somebody – you start figuring it out, okay, in front of me, these guys don't have – you know, Jordan Spieth is a poor example, but these guys don't have Jordan Spieth. Okay. Well, I do. So if he gets first place, I'm going to shoot up this leaderboard. So suddenly your interest is peaked. You're watching maybe not necessarily just, just the last pairing, but you might be watching the guy that's in 10th, hoping he can get to fifth, knowing that you're going to win money. So when money's involved, it makes it a lot, a heck of a lot more exciting, whether you're betting or playing DFS. So. That goes for every sport too, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you, you have, you have uh Darren Fox in your lineup and, you're you're not a now he's your favorite player if he's uh light lighting it up for you yeah absolutely. um it's just it, it, it is fascinating look, look at look at fantasy fantasy like red red zone change to me how fantasy sports is viewed and you know a lot of people a lot of people that are anti fantasy are using all these as as examples how it's ruining sports i i, I say au contraire i think if you can start falling in love with players uh, that you didn't ordinarily follow, it, it opens up your knowledge and your horizon to, to the entire sport that you're following. And in our case, we follow everything. You know, we talk about four for four golf. We're five for five. Yes, I'm sir. not a soccer guy or, or NASCAR. I'll throw that out there. We're actually but, six for six. Is it, you know, it, well, you know, because how, we, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, not Axe even throwing. What I forget. Well, no. If you're separating <laughs> sports from fantasy, excellent. Right. Fun. So, so now, I, listen. I can talk NASCAR too, but uh, I, I would love to do a bowling show. I'm a bowler, so I'll talk bowling. Yeah, he, bowling. Tony's a great bowler. Um. So, but it, it, my thing is, we we can just talk in all different directions, which is great. Uh. You know, and and you you were right, Dan. I've heard that argument for so long. Uh. Rich, you know, he he, he uh, alludes to the same thing, and I used to argue it all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. no, man, this, I learned my on. knowledge from fantasy. Like, my sons are 13 and 15, and a lot of their knowledge and players that they learned is from playing fantasy. They learn with these, and then they watch them on TV. So it's not a bad thing. As long as you do it the right way. Uh, oh, look, I got it. Look, Rich says, I'll do it. We, I'm a bowler. <laughs> uh, Pete Weber, all day. If you would not get Pete Weber. Pete Weber I know Pete Weber. Coach, okay. Oh, I, I love watching him. He, he is charismatic. He's a prick, which I love. He, he takes my persona. He could just be named Jigsaw, too. But, uh, but you don't now, want to. <laughs> Anybody who are I hate when I see players, a lot of football players do this, where they're like, I don't, you know, give a crap about your fantasy team. It's like, you know how good fantasy is for the game? It's like, I feel like I'm kind of a perfect example of that. I absolutely love football, right? I can't get enough of football. I have probably the worst franchise long term to be a football fan of in the league. I mean, the Lions have just like, I remember like getting so upset when I was younger, you know, 10, 12 years old, being so disappointed in that team. I don't have a team like you guys have the Eagles. You're you're diehard Eagles. They've got, they've brought you good in your life. The Lions have brought me one playoff win in my entire life. So I've never had a great football team, but I love football. Therefore, I love fantasy. And I and it's funny how too when you play fantasy, you remember the get when you hit big in a lineup. You're gonna remember, hey, that week that I hit big, I had that Tampa Bay stack. I'm not gonna forget that. I'm gonna always remember. Oh yeah, Tom Brady won me a bunch of money. That's awesome. 
Like it, it's, I, I don't agree. have a team, so therefore I, I just love the sport. So fantasy is awesome for me. Yeah. And, 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 and not to get long with it, but we talked about on this show, how many different theories that we put into play. You only learn those theories by actually watching the game. Like you're, you're breaking down the game, especially in football. You're you're watching the all twenty two and you're saying, okay, how many times the pass protection break down? Maybe that's not the quarterback that I want, right? I mean, there's so many different things it brings you into the game. So I'm with you, Jay. I can't stand when players say that because you know what? They're all hypocrites because those damn dudes play the same thing. They're all playing it too. I don't want to hear it. I know they're playing it. That's why Gurley scored that touchdown. Yeah, Yeah. listen, (laughs) he had himself on his team. I'm going to tell you, we'll finish out on this because it brings a great memory to me. It has to do with Sean Payton. I'll never forget. This is where I knew there's no way Sean Payton doesn't play fantasy football. Or somebody was say, I'm, it was a Monday night game. I'll never forget it. I, I had a win. It wasn't like the championship. It was like week seven or something. And I had Jimmy Graham. And it was when Jimmy Graham was blowing out for the Saints. And it was a blowout. Right? And Jimmy Graham, I needed like, I needed literally like three points. And it was the third quarter, and, and they benched them. I'm like, they took all the starters out. And I'm like, damn, I can't believe I lost. They were up by like 24 in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, they're at the red zone. It was like first and 10. And I see Jimmy Graham grab a helmet. And Phil <laughs> Payton signals for Jimmy Graham, goes on to the field, and catches a touchdown. Right? And I'm like, wait a minute. Dude. Somebody had him in their fantasy team because somebody was like, yo, get Jimmy out there. We need four more points. No other reason why he would have been in that game. Zero. So they can say what they want, but they definitely, they definitely play it. Hey, Tim, we got to have to promise the viewer something. After, I guess, the Super Bowl, let's let's do a let's do a segment okay. on our, our best fantasy teams that we fell in love with as participants. And some cra- like like moments like that. Yeah, I man. you just I have a Desmond Clark story I have to share with you in that I segment love a few it. weeks from now. Yeah, I know I love it. I, I, listen, and that's one thing. We're always always new stuff. We uh, Dan, you had a great idea too, talking about uh, you know maybe we do a uh, you know for each sport we we'll do like an all time classic fancy draft, like a snake draft of you know you get get to pick your running back, you know, and from different eras, maybe eighties, nineties, two thousand. It'll be pretty interesting to see where we put these guys. So it's something fun. But what I will say. Is oh wait, oh, Rich went old school Earl Anthony uh, glasses, big glasses. I remember yes, him. Yes, absolutely. Well, he he's a legend, right? He's a legend. Yeah, he's a right. You got to go Walter Ray Williams Jr. And then you got to go Norm Duke. And you got to go Parker Bone. And you got to go Chris Barnes. I mean, these are the guys. Yeah, exactly. These are the guys you got to go. So I don't uh, even know who these people are. Ah, uh, so you got to go watch bowling, man. You got to like watching a DFS golf show. <laughs> uh, you know, I try to. I, I I tried doing bowl that bowling uh, uh, betting. They had prop bets for bowling. Oh gosh, uh, yeah, they really do, <laughs> man. It was pretty fun, pretty fun. So maybe we'll get we'll get a golf show. Uh, you know, we have a golf show, so maybe we'll get a bowling show here too. Uh, oh wow, look at this! Rich said he bowled against Parker Bone. That that's huge. Um, that's uh, interesting. We're going to get that story next time, Rich. Absolutely. But as always, let, let, let's end the show up. We did good hour, hour 15. Keep it, get the know the name heat ratio sports, please auto support. Everybody's been tremendous. Follow the YouTube page and subscribe to it. That's where all our content will be. All the shows will live. 
all the different mm-hmm. these guys you're going to see them on, on, on many different venues different personalities you know maybe jason wakes up at two o'clock on a saturday afternoon from a nap and says i got a theory and he wants to put a video on youtube for five minutes i mean these are the kind of things that we're going to bring you it's different content uh, but it's uh, what did I say, guys? I said consistent content creation. Uh, that's one of, and, and and credibility. One thing I want I want to stay is credible. So uh, as always, you know, no attacking people. Let's just be, you know, too much attacking in the world right now, man. So let let let's let's enjoy sports together as one another and as a family. Everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week.